a rock could fall to the sky and you know when i walk out of my house today and i kill me so we need to live in the moment we need to be grateful for everything we have today and start saying hey in 25 years i'm going to have x and x well you may not mm -hmm. so i think we need to be thank we need to stop living in the future we need to live in the now power to live more with joe dodds welcome to the power to live more podcast all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy, and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds, and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more. And by that, I mean how they focus on productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows, I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future. But rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter. Today, Joe is interviewing Mark Strukcheski. Joe was introduced to Mark via a podcast directory and when she saw his specialism in productivity, she knew she had to invite him onto the show. Mark Ski, Strukcheski, is Mr. Productivity. He's obsessed with helping teams and individuals perform at optimum levels. Mark has identified five major distractions that affect productivity and has proven strategies for winning the battle over them in order to get back the time that these distractions cost you. He is also the host of Mark Strucheski's podcast, a productivity-themed podcast. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Mark Strucheski of MrProductivity.com. Hi Mark, thanks for joining me. It's splendid to be here with you today. Lovely. And I did read that you also go by the by the nickname of Ski. So I, I wrote that down too. So I'll see which one I remember to call you as we go through. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> so um, we connected through your podcast. Uh, and that was, I think, through uh, a list that we're both on in terms of finding podcast guests that we find interesting. And uh, I really uh, I don't I, of, I don't often uh use it to, to get in contact with people but um your profile stood out which was why we got in touch and and you kindly interviewed me for your podcast recently and um and you know brilliant you've agreed to come on mine yes and for your listeners benefit back on october 26 you are on episode 209 of the mark stucheski podcast so if you want more joe dodds go check out episode 209 of my podcast Lovely, thank you. So tell us a bit about who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. Who am I? Well, I'm an only child. I think when my parents had me, they said, oh my goodness, that's enough. And so um, <laughs> a lot of people like that joke. When I was growing up, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Then my dad was a, a firefighter, so I wanted to be a firefighter until I got to be old and I realized, eh, maybe I don't want to be a firefighter. So I just would, I did what most people do throughout their life. They just bumble from job to job and until all of a sudden the career smacks them in their face. And around 2011, I fell in love with productivity. It turns out I had always been really productive. I just didn't know I could get paid and speak about it. I'm like, really? This is incredible. <laughs> so I created markstucheski.com, which your listeners are going to go, what did you say? <laughs> That's why I got the domain of MrProductivity.com, which redirects you. I'm in Houston, Texas. I'm married to my wife for 15 years, and I absolutely love what I do. Lovely. And do you work from home or outside of the home or, or where? where? Where does it all happen for you? Mostly I work from home. Obviously, if I'm going to speak at a conference, I do go to them. But as an entrepreneur, I believe that I'm always working. I could be on vacation. I could be shopping and an idea could pop into my head. I don't say, well, it's not working hours. I just let the idea go. So my mind is always going. Mm -hmm. So tell us a bit more about 
why you do what you do because you said obviously you know you had different plans in the first place and and I like the bit where you said turns out I was always quite productive because that's the bit of where I came from really and that I always was I just didn't know that uh, helping other people was you know something that that would be good to do uh, so so why do you now do what you do in the way that you do it well back in 2005 I was fired from a job here in Houston and I said, what am I going to do? Oh, I know I'll become an entrepreneur. I mean, why not? Why go look for a job when you can become an entrepreneur? And I decided to start being a wedding and portrait photographer. Now I did not want to be a wedding and portrait photographer. I'll be completely honest with you. I wanted the gear, but one <laughs> thing that came, <laughs> love it. I'm just being honest. I just being honest. Um, one of the things that came out of that was speaking because I wanted to market my photography business unlike anyone else was doing. Now, keep in mind, this is back in 2005, Facebook and Twitter and all those platforms were just beginning to come out. And I said to myself, I said, hmm, maybe I could speak. So I went to one of my friends at my church who happens to be a speaker. And I said, hey, listen, I got this harebrained idea. I like to learn how to speak. And she goes, I'd love to teach you out. And so she gave me some tips. I joined some local Toastmasters here in the United States. And the first time I spoke, my wife said, um, honey, you're hiding behind the camera. You need to be a speaker. And eventually I transitioned from photography. I was speaking about photography because I was a photographer, gave up the photography world. Then I said, okay, what am I going to speak about? The first topic that I came up with, which to this day, Joe, I have no idea where I came up with it from hopeless to hopeful. I, I have no idea what I was thinking. Um, and I, I promise you, I don't drink or smoke dr drugs or don't do any of that stuff. So I don't know where I came up with that. Well, obviously that didn't go anywhere because it wasn't authentic. Then I came up with a really super authentic message, how to overcome roadblocks on your path to success. Note to the listener, I was not successful. Again, <laughs> not very authentic. And I had a, call, a coaching call with my coach. Obviously, that's why I called a coaching call. And I was really bummed. He goes, what's going on? I said, well, you know, I really love speaking, which is ironic. I hated speaking in college and high school, or you would say university in England. Yeah. But I said, I don't know what to speak about. He goes, well, why don't you talk about productivity? I said, why would I want to talk about productivity? He says, well, because you're so productive. And I said, well, isn't everybody? He started laughing. He goes, no, most people are super unproductive. And that kind of gave birth to the whole productivity uh, aspect of my life. Yeah, yeah, lovely. So. You've, you've talked about um, that when you are out and about as an entrepreneur, you know, if stuff comes to, to you, you don't sort of compartmentalize, um, which is uh, sort of how I, I work as well. But some people would say that that um, isn't particularly productive and they'd probably say that that's not a, a very good sort of work life balance. I've got my own argument for that. What, what, what would you say to that? Well, when an idea pops into my head, Joe, I don't like go implement the idea. I just capture it. So if I'm standing in line at the supermarket and an idea pops in my head, I take out my phone and I enter the idea because I won't remember it later. It's gone. And I'm not saying I go work on it. I don't think I say if I have an idea, my wife and I just turn home, leave vacation and go back home and work. I'm just saying I <laughs> capture that idea, but I have a very supportive spouse. And I think if you're an entrepreneur, it's very important that you have a supportive spouse because if my phone rings and we're out and about, she says that could be money calling. So my wife gets it. She gets it. Entrepreneurs cannot turn their mind off. I could be in a family gathering. I could be on vacation. It doesn't matter. My mind's always going. I call it my opportunity antennas. I always keep them up because you may be picking up your child at school and you may get a productivity hack from the crossing guard. And if you just say, well, no, I only think Monday through Friday from nine to four, you're going to be missing out on a lot of great ideas and inspirations because you compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. So how do you prioritize the sort of personal side of things, your your personal life, as well as those sorts of things that are that are sort of cropping up as you go along? Um, I would say intentionally. I schedule my days. Now, I was explaining to you before we started recording today that my wife works really odd hours. She works Thursday through Monday. So Tuesdays and Wednesdays are our weekend. So here in the States, you know, we're probably over in England too, in the rest of the world, Saturday and Sundays are normal the weekends, but she's working on Saturday and Sundays. So I don't do a lot of work on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Mm. Instead, I limit my work to the other five days, but I do make it a priority of spending time with my wife. Now we're empty nesters, so we don't have any kids around. We don't get to school or piano lessons or anything like that. So we have more control of our time. Yeah. So 
that I guess uh, not being one of those at the moment <laughs> is, <laughs> puts a completely different uh, spin on it. I know one of my best friends, in fact, Kathy, who uh, was on show number one, is is now properly an empty nester with her partner, and uh, they've they've had a week of it so far. So I've not really had a uh, you know a full report. <laughs> and, and I want to thank you, by the way, uh, on my podcast, you are teaching me some English phrases. So I've begun to use lovely and splendid more. And you just you just gave me a new one proper. So I've got to start adding these more to my vocabulary because I really like those words. So thank you for that, Joe. <laughs> well, one that I taught our French friends is posh. Do you say posh in America very much? What is that? Posh. That's a bit like... Um, uh, You're thirsty? No, it's it's a bit like when you're um you 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 think that you're you're sort of um uh, you're sort of um I don't know well healed you you sort of um you've you've been brought up properly and you've um you do things you know in a proper way um and and that sort of thing I, I'm not describing it very well all the listeners nope. will be going no that never, doesn't mean that <laughs> never never word never heard that word before prots you said posh posh P yeah oh. So, so I describe it to the French, like I, I say um, à la mode, so like, you know, fashionable, but I don't really mean fashionable. I mean, sort of, you know, you might say, oh, that's a really posh jumper you're wearing, meaning, you know, a good quality, you know, impressive looking one sort of thing. So um, now, you know, you have some listeners of your podcast right now who are screaming at the microphone, at the headset <laughs> and saying, no, Joe, that's not what I mean. Listen, folks, <laughs> just send her a message and correct Joe, would you? Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, if you're up in the north, you would say I'm not feeling very posh today if you didn't feel very well. So you're right that there will be people who don't use it in the same way at all anyway, because you know what English is like. It's just all random, isn't it? We have different meanings for the same words and, you know, depending on where you live in the country. <laughs> yes. Well, the first time I heard the word at all, I'm like, a tall what? A tall man, a tall building. But that's not what you guys mean. It's like like in Texas, we say y'all. Instead of yeah. saying you all, we say y'all. So I just love how these, I think they're called idioms. Everywhere yeah. you go, everybody's got their own idioms. But yeah. you're teaching me English idioms, Joe, and it means the world to me. <laughs> Lovely. Well, I keep thinking of them for you. <laughs> okay. Well, you keep sending them to me and I'll, I'll begin to I'll begin to bring them into my vocabulary and spread the good news of the English <laughs> vocabulary here in Houston, Texas. <laughs> Perfect. So let's talk a bit about the, the productivity thing. Let's talk about how you get done what you need to get done. How do you manage your time or your tasks um, so that you do the things you need to do? Scheduling. What gets scheduled gets done. Um, the worst thing you can do is to have an empty calendar. Now, I don't care if you work a job all day. You better have something written someplace, either on a calendar or a notes app or a reminders list or someplace, because if you have nothing written down, you're going to do nothing that day. Or you may do something, but it might, won't be productive. You may be watching YouTube videos or Facebook videos all day long. You'll be wasting your time. So I like scheduling my time in 30-minute increments. Now, a little asterisk next to that, obviously, podcast interviews and speaking engagements don't count. But when I'm working, I like to work in 30-minute increments. So when I'm editing my podcast, the Mark Duchesky podcast, I may edit for 30 minutes. The 30 minutes is up. Then I have, I've been scheduling time in my schedule for something called Grow. What that means is I go read something or study something relating to productivity. It could be about distractions, procrastinations, reminder, time, time management, whatever. So I schedule about four 30-minute segments throughout my day on a good day where I grow because I believe I don't care what you're doing in this world. You need to constantly grow. So if you're in the nutrition, if that's your game, you should be growing in that field every day. Yes. Seven days a week. It may be only be 30 minutes on a, on a weekend day, but you need to grow every single day. And I think it's really important when I go exercise, I run every day today. We're recording this in the beginning of October. Today was my 400th day of running every day. And that's intentional. I don't say, well, I hope I run tomorrow. It's a plan. And I think a lot of people just sit there and they say, well, I hope I have time to read. I hope I have time to do thus and such. You have to plan it, write it down. You don't have to do it formally on the schedule, but you need to put it someplace where it's not just in your head. See, when it's in your head, as you know, Joe, we can tell ourselves stories. We can go, oh yeah, I did have a productive day. But if you have nothing in paper or on a calendar app or something, you may not know you had a great day, but you're telling yourself you had a great day because you feel good. Mm hmm. 
So when you have that sort of um, defined period of time, how do you get over that thing where you've just sort of got really into it and you don't want to stop, but your 30 minutes is up? What do you do then? I have learned from practice and everything I teach is all based on practice. What I've learned at if in the 30 minutes I have learned about myself over the past several years, it's not a number I just picked out of my hat. The, the listener may think I work best at 60 or 75 minutes or 90 minutes, whatever the case may be. But mm -hmm. if I found out if I'm in the zone and if I go past the 30 minutes, I immediately take uh, uh, my efficiency goes down really rapidly. So I know myself well enough to know that 30 minutes is my sweet spot. And if I try to push it, I know I'm not going to be as efficient as if I was in the 30 minute time blocks. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's so many times where I, I don't, I've done things like, I don't know, my accounts and I can't get it to balance. And then I go away and I come back the next day and it balances in two minutes. And I think, why was I yep. struggling for 15 minutes trying to make it work? <laughs> well, I don't know if your listeners ever heard this phrase, but you can't push a rope. And I think so many people are like, well, I'm almost done, but I'm exhausted. My time is up. I'm just going to keep going. And then you sit there for another two hours. But if you would have done what you did, come back in an hour or the next day, it would have been snapped because you've been fresh. But we try mm -hmm. to push that rope. We try to force ourselves and the brain's going, look at, I need a break. And we, we, we don't, our brains are so important to our bodies. We don't take care of them. Our brains need a break. So if you're doing something that takes a lot of brain power, your brain needs to walk away, maybe surf Facebook or Instagram for five, 10 minutes and just allow the brain to go, <sighs> but we don't give our brains the break. We just keep it, keep taxing it. And you need to give your brain a break. I mean, it's just a fact of life. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm sort of hesitant to ask the next question. Uh oh. <laughs> about uh tools and apps because i feel we could go on for hours <laughs> so should we should we go for the top three <laughs> here's the thing i'll be honest with you i'll be completely honest with you because that's the kind of guy i guy am i'm not a like i'm not a fake kind of guy when i first got into productivity i thought it was all about the apps yeah. now i understand it's about mindset and sleep and yada 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 but I, the number one thing people tell me when they ask me what apps I use, I very rarely tell them. And here's why, because I don't know your workflow, but I always, the second answer I tell them is you need to figure out what works for you. Start with what you already have. See, some people think, well, the apps that come in my phone or my tablet or my computer, well, they, they can't be good. I'm like, have you tried them? Uh, no. Well, why don't you try those first instead of asking me or going to the app store or buying one? Why don't you try what you already have? And some people have come back to me and says, oh, my gosh, they worked. Well, yeah, don't assume that your calendar app that's built into your device won't work for you. Try it first. Now, if it doesn't work, then you go to the next step. Like yeah. I'm an Apple guy. I'm, a, I'm an Apple snob, to be honest with you. Everything in my family is Apple. So I use mainly iOS only or Mac only apps. And the number one calendar app I use is an app called Fantastical. Now, it's one of those apps that do reminders and calendar, but I don't use it for that. I use another iOS and Mac only app called Things 3, which is an incredible to-do list. It, you can have projects and checklists inside projects. It's really cool. So I use things three for my reminders list and I use Fantastical for my calendar. But the problem with the things three is the one problem, and I'm a beta tester for them, full disclosure here, is they don't have any collaboration. So my wife and I use lists for shopping and we have number stores here in the Houston area, but I cannot add something to my shopping list on things three and have it show up on my wife's account. So what I have to do is we still have to use the iOS reminders on our iPhones for the shopping list. Otherwise it won't sync up. Mm -hmm. And for my notes app, again, I go back to what's already built in. I use iOS notes on my iPhone and Apple notes on my Mac. It works. It's built in. It syncs up with my iCloud and that works for me. I would encourage people before you go and get another app, see if what works for you first. Would you like to know, the tips I give for people wanting to look for an app? Oh, absolutely. Yes, please. <laughs> the first thing you need to do is go and ask your friends what they use and why they use it. And they say, well, because everyone else is using it, that's not a good reason. Mm. Then ask them if you can see the actual app. Actually get their phone, get their tablet, whatever, and actually play with it. See if it works for you. 
If it doesn't, dismiss it because if you don't like the layout, you don't like the color scheme, you don't like the font, you're probably not going to use the app. From there, I would recommend you go to the app store. And this is a trick from my wife. I have to give her credit because it's a great idea. Don't just read the five-star reviews. Read the one-star reviews as well. And here's why. There may be someone complaining, give it a one-star review, and that may be something that's very important to you, but it wouldn't show up in the five-star reviews. So always check the five-star and the one-star review. The very last thing is, is I would not recommend you go to Google or Bing or whatever and search for reviews because a lot of times these are paid endorsed reviews and yeah. they're not, they're very biased. And then you can, if it's a free app, go ahead and download it and try it. If it's paid, I don't know about Android because I'm not an Android person, but on Apple, if you pay for an app and download it and you don't like it, you can actually get your money back. So yeah. I would encourage you to try things out, but always start with what you already have. Yeah. Yeah. And as you say, the, the, the what suits you, what's your workflow? Because as you say, people are, are, are different, aren't they? I mean, I, I use Todoist for my to-do list. And actually, if I explain to you how I use it, it would probably, well, you'd probably be asleep halfway through the explanation because it's quite complicated if you don't understand it. But because it's mine and it's my workflow and it works for me and I've developed it over probably three years, it worked brilliantly. But I probably don't want to explain it to anyone. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. The listener needs to realize there is no such thing as a perfect app. It doesn't exist. So it may work for Joe. It may not work for me. It may work for the listener. It may not work for Joe. So you need to find out what works for you. What do you need the app to do? And I think people go and they look for the most popular app because everyone's got it. Like Fantastico is not a free app. Fanta if you buy the Mac and the iOS version, so they have an iPhone and an iPad version, you're talking 65 US dollars. Mm. Okay. So, I mean, but you may get it and go, this app's the worst app I've ever heard. Well, see, well, yeah, because you just went out and bought it without trying it out. You need to figure out if it's going to work for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting sort of connecting to that, um, just thinking about tools generally. When I started out doing this sort of um, online stuff, I was teaching social media sort of back in the day when it was first new. And the, the corporate started getting into using social tools for you know, collaboration and communication. And it was interesting how many organizations just jumped on using a tool because it seemed like the thing to do. And actually, culturally, they're still not ready for those tools because it's actually about the people and how they work and how they use them, not about, as you say, the actual the tool or the app or whatever. Yep. Yeah. So what about other people helping you to, to get stuff done? Do you do you go it alone or do you, do you have people helping you? Right now, I'm doing it my own, and here's why. My business is not big enough yet to get virtual assistants and get editors and whatnot for my podcast. The number one mistake I see people make all the time, and I have a lot of friends that do this, is they go in the business, they have no income, and they're going out and get virtual assistants, they're getting teams, they're getting all the stuff. I'm like, you have no money. Oh, I'm putting them on the credit card. I'm like, why? I'm like, well... I heard that you shouldn't edit your own podcast wrong. When you first start, I don't care if you have a million dollars a day coming in, you need to learn how to edit your own podcast. You need to learn how to put it up on the internet yourself before you hand it off. Just like blog writing. Yeah. You could have someone do all the posting for you, but you got to do it in the beginning yourself. You have to learn, you have to know this stuff because how are you going to train someone else if you don't know how to do it? And so I see a lot of people Right from the get-go, they're going out and getting a team when they can't afford it, or they're brand new. Even if they have money, they don't they don't know how to do it themselves. And what they're doing is they're being lazy. So right now, I'm still doing everything myself. I don't like editing my podcast, but right now I'm getting really good at it. And eventually I'll hand it off to someone who I can trust. But I have no idea how long it's going to take me to find someone I can trust because I have a way I edit my podcast. And because people can't read minds, I'm going to have to train them how I want my podcast edited. So it's not just like, okay, here you do it because then it's going to sound different. I have a very unique flavor of my podcast. I don't want someone else to do it differently just because that's the way they do it. Mm, mm. it is, it's always that sort of balance as well between finding people to do stuff, as you said, in the way that you want them to do it or finding people who know better than you do and you need their expertise, which is why you would bring them into to the fold sort of thing. There's, there's sort of two reasons why you, might, why you might outsource stuff, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And just remember that nobody cares as much about your business as you do. Nobody. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. So if they if they leave an um or a, a lip smack in there, like, ah, it's the end of the day. I don't care. But you might care about that. So you got to remember, as you're outsourcing, as you're delegating, no one's going to care more about it than you ever. Mm. Mm, yeah. The possible exception is your spouse. But no, other than that, no one's really going to care. No. Well, you know, look at look at my uh, my daughter doing the intros for this. She's you know, she's gone. She's gone a bit slapdash over the years, you know. <laughs> she's going to she's she going to be a what? She, she's going to be a what? A bit slapdash. There you go. There's another word for you. Let me write that down. Slapdash. What is that? <laughs> well, it's a bit like, you know, don't really care. You know, it's good enough. A bit sort of flexible, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> okay. I, I, I've gotten four words written down now. Slapdash, <laughs> posh, splendid, and lovely. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, lovely. So, well, there you go. Lovely. Again, I say that all the time. <laughs> so, let's talk about uh, the self-care piece. You, you've already talked about having run every day for 400 days, did you say? Yes. And I don't know when this is going to come out, but uh, I think you said sometime in November. So yeah. I will be probably close to 450. How it all started is August of 2017, Houston had a horrific hurricane called Hurricane Harvey. We got 52 inches of rain in like 20, 48 hours and most of the city flooded. And during that um, the storm, I read an article on runnersworld.com that was titled what I learned from running one mile a day for 250 days. I'm like, it kind of piqued my interest. So I read it and the author just said, I decided to run every day, one mile every day for 250 days. And I'm like, I could do that. And so on August 29th, 2017, I started running every day. Some days I run one mile, some days I run three, some days two, it just depends. I don't run more than three because I have to run every day. I can't run like 12 miles a day. I Number one, I wouldn't get anything done. Number two, I'd be exhausted. <laughs> and I can tell you that when I hit day 365, I look back and I'm like, you know, I feel so much healthier today than I did a year ago. Now I'm 53. I started when I was 52 and I feel so much more alive. I could never imagine not running. So when I see these, I read a lot of travel information on Apple news and, oh, the longest flight is like 19 hours. I'm like, my first thought is how would I get my run in that day? Seriously, <laughs> how would I get my run? Cause there's no way I'm going to break that streak. So I would probably have to take a layover someplace. I, I really, it doesn't matter if it's cold. I've run one day last year, last winter of 2017. It was, it was very cold here in Houston. Very rare. It was like in the low forties and it was sprinkling. And they said it was supposed to stop raining at 11, 12, one. I'm waiting and waiting. The sun sets at four. Finally at three 30, it was still a steady rain out there. And I had to go out in the rain. And I came home and my wife had a hot shower running for me. I took off all my clothes and got in a hot shower, but I was not going to break my streak. I yeah. run when I was sick. So I, that's very important to my productivity because the running gets me exercise. Okay. I also have a mom who has bad dementia and I was talking to her neuropsychologist and he said, one of the things that you can do to save off dementia is diet and exercise diet and exercise. He says, we've been saying that from day one. So as I get older, I'm trying to figure out, okay, I'm trying to eat better. I'm trying to exercise. I'm not trying. I am eating better. I am exercising. I'm not camping out in the, the world of negativity. All these things affect the self-care, your productivity, how you feel about yourself. You just can't be Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh and go, oh, another day. You have to, you have to, you have to get up every morning and say, yes, I'm alive today because you could be dead. And a lot of people, we don't take time to say, you know what? Gosh, darn it. I am so thankful I'm alive today. We just go, well, I'm alive. Of course I'm alive. No, you could have died in your sleep. So we need to be thankful that we woke up this morning. We need to be thankful that we can listen to this podcast today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I've got two images of you now. I've got one of you doing the rocky thing, running in the rain with your hoodie up. That's probably not very good health and safety. So don't do that. <laughs> and I've also got this image of you running around a plane now because you won't have the sleepover. You're just, you know, the stopover or whatever they call it. Sleepover well, I, it's entirely. You'll just have to run up and down the aisle on the plane. Well, I thought about that. But then with all the stuff that's happened since, uh, you know, all the terrorism, I'm just thinking, <laughs> um, what would they think about some guy running up and down the, the I'd have to I'd have to probably run for about 20 minutes. And I don't know if people would be very acceptable to that. No, you're right, actually. They'd be tripping you up on the way around, wouldn't they, to try and stop you? Yes. So, 
Yeah, I absolutely agree with you that the, the the health thing is just so so important, and and you know increasingly we we know that, but it's the sort of making it happen piece that doesn't always happen. So you know to hear how many days that you've you know you've kept the running up is just amazing. And you mentioned um, sleep somewhere along the line when we were talking earlier. Is that something that you focus on too? Yes, um, sleep is so critical to your productivity. I. Um, my opinions on sleep is we don't get enough. Mm. We think that, oh, I don't need a lot of sleep. Ah, I'm young. Uh, yeah. If you could ask your body, your body would say, yes, more sleep, please. More sleep. I want more sleep. Um, <laughs> my wife and I recently bought Apple watches and my wife found this app called um, auto sleep. And what it does is when you go to sleep, it knows you're going to sleep and it actually tracks your sleep. Now there's other apps that you can have on your phone like Sleep Cycle, which is a great app that uses the cameras, I'm sorry, your phone's microphone. But the advantage of auto sleep is it use your Apple Watch, which means it can also track your heart rate while you're sleeping. And I've been doing that. And when you start tracking your sleep, Joe, something funny happens. You realize you're not getting enough sleep, as much sleep as you think you are, or you're not getting as quality sleep as you are. Because you can say, oh, I went to bed at 11 and got up at 7. But you didn't sleep eight hours. You got up, used the restroom a couple times. You tossed and turned. You had a nightmare. And with a sleep app, it's going to tell you how you're really sleeping. Mm. And when people say I'm sleeping well, I'm like, oh, what what app are you using? Oh, I just know I'm sleeping well. I said, no, you need to track that. And people are shocked when they go get an app and they start tracking it and like, oh my gosh, I'm only really sleeping four and a half hours. No wonder I'm dragging. That's mm -hmm. what the power of whether you use a, a smartwatch, whether you use your phone, get something that can track your sleep. One word of warning. If you go out, get an app like Sleep Cycle, they have a free and paid version. Only get the free version. Make sure you leave your phone plugged in all night long, because yeah. if you don't, lesson learned, it will kill your battery. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. There's somebody I follow on a podcast around uh, sort of the health thing, and he regularly talks about not seeing the point in tracking sleep because he, you know, he says, well, you wake up in the morning, I know whether I've had a good night's sleep or not, exactly what you've just said. But it's interesting, I, I use Sleep Cycle, and um, a couple of nights ago, I thought I'd had a really bad night's sleep. I woke up twice in the night with stomach pains, and I, you know, I really thought, oh, that's been terrible. And then I looked at the tracking, and I'd had sort of nine hours and the cycle, you know, the cycling of the sleep was right. I could see where I'd woken up, but it was actually at 90 minute intervals like you're supposed to and all that sort of stuff. So I actually had a really good night's sleep, but I didn't think I had. And I think sometimes that mindset piece comes in as well, where I would have been thinking, oh, I'm going to be really tired today. When actually I, I, I looked at it and thought, well, actually, I did have a good night's sleep, even though I didn't think I did. One night I was not feeling too well. I was sick. And when I looked at my graph the next day, I'm like, did I die in the night? Cause I had like a, about 90 minutes of deep sleep. My body, see when you're in deep sleep, that's when your body is repairing itself. Mm. It's doing all the kind of stuff. So if you don't get enough REM sleep or deep sleep, that's a big key. And one of the things about these apps, whether it's sleep cycle or auto sleep on the Apple watch, doesn't matter. It'll tell you when you're in deep sleep. That is the key number. Not when you went to bed and when you got up. Mm. How long are you in deep sleep? Now, I've had guests on my podcast that tell pe that have told me that the whole power of sleep is that's the time your body repairs itself, but it only does it when you're in deep sleep because out of deep sleep, your body's still moving around. Deep sleep, your body's completely still, and then your bodies are repairing its internal cell structures or however that works. I'm not a, I'm not a sleep or brain expert, but that's that's what the power of deep sleep is. So one day there, when I was not feeling well, I slept like nine, 90 minutes straight. I mean, 90 minutes, straight, it was a flat line. I got kind of scared. I'm like, am I still alive? Am I, am I alive today? <laughs> but then the next night I only slept like 40 minutes of deep sleep. And I felt groggy all day long because yeah, I knew I got up a couple of times to use the restroom as you do when you get older. And I tossed and turned cause we have a dog and it's a big dog. And sometimes she jumps up in bed, but it can track your deep sleep. And I can't emphasize enough to the listener that deep sleep is the most critical part of sleep. Mm. Mm. So sort of slightly on the same theme, what about um, relaxation? What do you do? You, you sound like me, like a very energetic sort of person that's you know up all the time. But how do you then relax? Um, for relaxing, I like to read. And 
what I'll do is like I alluded to earlier, I'll set a 30 minute timer. I'll go out. If it's nice out, I'll go out and read. And all I'll do is I'll read. I won't check my phone. I won't check Facebook. I won't call people. I won't text people. I will just read for 30 minutes. Sometimes, um, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not really good at resting. So on the Apple watch, they've got something called a breathe app, which when I first heard about it, I deleted it because I thought it was corny. But my wife says, you should try it. It lowers your lowers your heart rate. And I'll long, lo and behold, it does work. What you do is it encourages you to read. Uh, I'm sorry, breathe for 30 for one minute. You breathe in and out for th for one minute. And it does lower your pressure. It does lower your heart rate because all you're doing is you're just breathing in and breathing out. And we don't take enough time to breathe. We, A lot of us are... Uh, chest breathers. We're not belly breathers. And they say when you're, when you breathe in, your belly should extend because that means you're getting a deep breath. Most people are just breathing in their chest, which is a very shallow, shallow breath. And so I'm fascinated by how to breathe properly. I mean, we think we know how to breathe, but if you look at most people, they're breathing from their chest and that's why they're always out of breath. Yeah. You can tell because their shoulders go up and down, don't they? And when they yeah. breathe in deeply, their shoulders go up. <laughs> I'm a singer, right. so I, I learned how to, to deep breathe as a result. <laughs> right, yeah. And like these singers, a prime example, when they hit these notes and they go on for like seven hours, I mean, they have to, they're not breathing from their chest. They're breathing from their belly because they got to get all that breath out. Yeah, I've got, oh, yeah, I, I can manage about seven seconds, even though I do breathe sort of okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about learning and improving yourself? You've talked about reading. What sort of um, books would you recommend? What podcasts do you listen to? Well, the number one podcast I listen to is a podcast related podcast. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, my podcast is hosted by a company called Libsyn, and I listen to the feed because it tells me all the latest tips and tricks on podcasting, how to grow your podcast. Other than that, right now in my phase in life, I am really into audiobooks. I love Audible. I'm listening to a couple books right now. One's a book on happiness. One is a book on, um, it's called True Fit. It's a story of a guy, it's about a runner, a story of a guy who was cratering. He was an alcoholic. He was into drugs. He was tremendously overweight. He had bad health problems. And it's a story of him transitioning himself to an ultra marathoner. So I'm very fascinated. I love audiobooks. I do listen to audiobooks at 1.5 speed. And that's what I'm listening to now. Now, even though I am a podcaster, um, if I, someone says, Hey, it's a really good episode. Like I did listen to the Elon Musk episode of the Joe Rogan podcast. That was a very fascinating episode. I do listen to podcasts here and then, but I do go in phases. So every time I go out for a run, Sometimes it's an audiobook, sometimes the podcast, sometimes it's my rock and music. So it depends. But I, right now, in this, this season in my life, I love audiobooks. Mm -hmm. It's funny, they talk about um, how the world has changed so that we're, we're less able to focus. So, you know, we're, we're sort of, um, we're easily distracted. I still, I'm struggling with, with audible books. I, I listen to podcasts and I listen to um uh music but i the, the sort of a, a lengthy book i'm and i'm a reader as well so I, I think for me it's partly about it being visual but for some reason i just can't get my head around listening to books like it's almost like because i don't listen to them all in one go i can't sort of keep up whereas when i read i can it, it's weird isn't it well i wouldn't say it's weird when i when first people first told me about audiobooks i'm like what but they still go to and try it. And the first couple of times I try it, this is stupid. But now maybe because I'm older, I have no idea. I really like listening to audiobooks. I mean, mm -hmm. I really enjoy them. And I had to, I had to get a taste for it. But you were asking me what my favorite book I'm reading right now is. I, I have a problem. I'm a, I, I'm Mark Stachowski and I'm a reading addict. So I am always reading multiple books. So on my iPad, I have two books I'm reading right now. One is called American Sniper. It's a Chris Kyle story. And the other is A Case Against Sugar. On my regular books, I am reading a book from a future guest. It's going to be on the show sometime in November. I'm not sure when. And it's called On Target Living. And it's about how to eat better, how to take care of our bodies. Because I am so fascinated now absolutely fascinating about how to take care of ourselves, how to get better sleep, 
should we drink water? Should we drink soda? Should we drink tea, beer, wine? What? And I'm just fascinated. So the author's name is Chris Johnson. Mm -hmm. He sent me his book and uh, he sent me his book because he's going to be on my podcast called on target living. His whole premise is we should eat things closest to the source instead of all this processed food that we become so addicted to, you know, McDonald's and Burger King, all sorts of stuff. And so I've been doing it for a week and I'm actually, I don't know if it's a placebo effect or if I'm really feeling better. I actually have more energy now. Um, I'm also reading, I'm listening to, I told you the two books I'm listening to. Um, I read a book. Oh my goodness. What's the, Oh, when life becomes, when breath becomes air or when air becomes breath, it's a really, really popular book. This guy's a neurosurgeon and he came up, he, he attracted cancer and then he got over it and he got it again and he didn't oh. finish the book. Yeah. And, and then his wife finished the book. It's, mm. it's a very sobering story because so many of us take for granted that we're going to have tomorrow. We're going to mm -hmm. have the next hour. And I listened to his book. And when it's at the end of the book, when his wife was talking, she said, you know, the cancer was something that like caused a rift in our marriage, but then it turns out it brought us closer together because cancer is like a death sentence for many people. And the book had a profound effect on me because we take far too much for granted. We think, Oh, 53. I got another 50 years to live. You don't know a rock could fall to the sky. And you know, when I walk out of my house today and I kill me. So we need to live in the moment. We need to be grateful for everything we have today and start saying, Hey, in 25 years, I'm going to have X and X. Well, you may not. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to be thank. We need to stop living in the future. We need to live in the now. Yes. Yeah. 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 So what about if things don't go right? What about if you have one of those, those days where it's all going to be oh, horribly man. wrong? <laughs> What'd you do? Um, I will answer this, uh, on behalf of my wife, because <laughs> I, I will tell you, oh, I handle it very well. <laughs> I, I have a very short temper and people can't tell that about me because when I'm in public, I don't let it show. I don't like when people are cutting me off. I don't like when, you know, things go wrong. If the power goes out, I get really mad at the power company. Like they did it intentionally. My wife says I'm getting better with age. <laughs> but I still am not nearly as patient as I have to be. My wife will try to calm me down. And you know, when you're an impatient person like me, the worst thing you can tell us to do is calm down. We, we don't want, <laughs> that's, that's like pouring gas on a fire. Don't tell me to cool and calm down. The best thing to do really is to just let us vent it and get it out. And it doesn't take as long, but it's something I'm actively working on because I know it's not healthy to be impatient. It's not healthy to um, be angry, to be negative. And so I'm really working on it. We all have our flaws, Joe. Everybody who's listening to this podcast has a flaw. It may be smoking, drinking, being impatient, being angry. We all have our flaws and we have to work on them. Yeah. We'll have to get her on for a few as well, shall we? That if you're getting better, really, or whether, <laughs> whether that's her encouraging <laughs> comment. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So what about those days when you end the day knowing that you've had the chance to live more? And that's where I say that you get to do more of the things that you want to do and not the stuff that you feel you should do or you have to do. What have you done? What does that day look like? Well, because every day is different for me. I mean, I do podcast interviews on Mondays and Thursdays on my show. I will sit back and if I feel I had a good day, I don't always quantify it. I don't say, if I achieve three, like people make sales calls, say, if I make three sales today, I have a good day. For me, it's about a feeling because when you're an entrepreneur, you may have days that you don't make any money. You make no contacts, but you have a good day. Maybe you had a great episode. Like on my podcast, they're like two months out. So if I have a good podcast interview, it may be out, not, may, be not, bleh, may not be out for two months, but I had a great day. And so I think you need to look at your life that day at the end of the day and go, huh, did I have a good day? Did I have a bad day? And very few people have horrible days. I mean, a horrible day is that your kid got, uh, got sick or you broke your arm or you lost your job. And most people can be thankful. And if you say, oh no, my everyday stinks for me. Okay. You're alive. Uh, let's start there. You're alive. Can you see? Okay. Now you have vision. Can you hear? Can you, can you smell? Can you eat? You know, we, sometimes you have to go back to the basics and be really thankful. Okay. What's going right in my life. I had a, 
I interviewed someone yesterday for my podcast and the guy says he has this exercise he does called an up list. Everybody's heard a bucket list. He has an up list. And he says when he does a conference, he'll have people get in groups of three. And then Joe will say, well, by the end of 2019, I'm going to have, I'm going to make 400, I guess it'd be 400. Is it still euros now in England? I guess it's still. No, we're pounds. We're pounds. A pound. okay. <laughs> so I'm going to make 400,000 pounds. And, and then someone else would say that. And I also see you having a top 10 podcast and Apple podcast. So what it's doing is I really like this idea. I'm going to start implementing my life is helping people around you say, yeah, I see that. And I also see you doing this great thing because the more people that are encouraging you that are empowering you that gets you going, yeah, I could do that. Like my coach always has me upping my goals. So on my last coaching call, she goes, we need to build your email newsletter list. She goes, what do you think a good number is? And I said, huh. And I recently started my email list over from scratch because I had a lot of people that weren't engaging. And so I fired them all and I started building it from scratch. And I only have like 210 people right now. And she goes, how many do you want to have by the end of um, 2019, 2019, I said, 3,000. She goes, okay, 6,000. I said, I didn't say it. She, I said, 3,000. She goes, no, 6,000. Because what she's <laughs> trying to do is trying to get me to grow bigger. And one of my goals is from podcast is I want to have like a, a crazy number of downloads per month. And so I, I named that number. How much money do I want to make this year? How much money do I make next year? Okay, that's a crazy number. Let's double it. Because here's the thing. Would you rather have, if you have a million dollar goal and a hundred thousand dollar goal, which goal would you rather fall short of? Of course, the answer is a million dollar goal or a million pound goal. So what I want to do is I encourage people to dream big. It doesn't cost anything to big. So let's say the people listen to your podcast, let's say they only make like 50,000 pounds a year. We'll say next year, I'm going to make 150,000. You may have no idea how you're going to do it today. Don't worry about it. You just say, hey, I'm going to make 150,000 pounds in 2019. And then just go about your life and see if opportunities don't come in your life. See if you're not introduced to people. See if you don't find ways to make that kind of money. And at the end of 2019, you go, wow, I set a goal of 150. I made 200. But if you said, ah, whatever it is, is, eh, you're probably not going to make a lot of money. Hmm. Hmm. It's now, got to be about in that action, hasn't it, as well? It's not just about sort of saying it. you've got to go and, as you say, meet those people or do that stuff. Yeah, I like what Tony Robbins says. Tony Robbins says, when you come up with an idea, Whatever the idea is, immediately do something with that idea. So let's mm. say you say, Mark, I want to go climb Mount Everest. Okay. What's the first step? The first step is not what you're going to do on the top of Mount Everest. That's ridiculous. What's the first thing you do? For me, I'm going to go to Google. Well, actually, I don't use Google because of privacy reasons. I go to DuckDuckGo and I type in, how do I climb Mount Everest? Now, I may not read anything on that page. I may save a bunch of articles, but I did one small thing after I made the decision. So mm. you make a decision, you do something small. So let's say I want to have Joe Dodds on my podcast. Let's say you weren't on my podcast yet and I'm out shopping with my wife and I go, oh, you know, this girl in England, this splendid, brilliant, <laughs> slapped ass girl in London. I'm just, I'm just looking at my list here. I got to have her on my podcast. So what I would do is I would open up my things three app and say, fine, go contact Joe Dodds. Boom. That's it. Now what happens is I made a decision. I did one small action toward that goal. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? I yeah. didn't call you. I didn't find out how to read how to, where you are in the world. I just made a reminder. So when you create a decision, when you make a decision, the first thing you need to do is do something small toward that goal. It's mm. so tiny, but like Tony says, it, now Tony's not my friend. I just heard him say this. I don't make that very <laughs> clear. We're not like best buds. We're not like texting each other. Today. But you need to make a decision and do something immediately that day because what happens is then you start going, okay, now I've already taken the first step. So yeah. let's say you want to, like, I'm a big, big Disney World fan. I want to go to Disney World. Okay, what's the first thing you have to do? Okay, when do I want to go? I mean, I just can't go today. I'm on a, I'm on a podcast with Joe. When do I want to go? Find out. Look at your calendar. Talk to your family. When do you want to go? Make one decision or maybe set up a family meeting. We're going to have a family meeting this Friday at 7 o'clock. We'll have dinner. We'll have talk about our trip to Disney World. That's all you have to do. But do something to get you going in the right direction. Yeah.
Yeah, and no, I really love that. I hadn't heard that particularly, but um, there's all that stuff, isn't there, about um, creating momentum and, and you know, t as you say, taking small steps and, and all that sort of thing. And it's just so key to at least start moving towards a goal rather than just creating it and thinking it's going to happen, you know, as if by magic. Yep. Yeah, lovely. Excellent. It's been so cool speaking to you, Mark, today. I really, really enjoyed having you on the show. Um, how can people find out more about you and connect with you? The best thing to do is go to mrproductivity.com. That's Mr. spelled out, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. It's a redirect to my website. There you can find out about how to find the Mark Stachowski podcast, where I'm on social media. You can sign up for my Next Level Productivity new, uh, Digest newsletter. You can read my, see my law, uh, not see, I don't do video podcasts. You can listen <laughs> to my podcast. Everything you need to know about me is at mrproductivity.com. Lovely. I thank you so much. And it's so cool to speak to somebody who also does productivity stuff. <laughs> yes. And it was really weird when I have people or productivity people on my podcast, people go, why do you want the competitors on your what on your podcast? I'm like, dude, there's 400 million English speaking people in the world. Do you think I can handle 400 million clients? <laughs> there's plenty. There's not enough productivity experts in the world. There's no. not enough because most people go, Oh, I'm, I'm productive. I'm like, really? Tell me about your day. Um, uh, okay. There's a problem right there. If you can't tell me about your day, you already have a problem. So you, the people listening to our podcast, Joe, they need us. And that's yeah. why I really want people to go check out episode 209 of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. You can find out how to get it on Apple podcasts and Google podcasts and Spotify by going to mrproductivity.com. Episode 209 is Joe Dodds. And we talk about productivity on that. So you get more of her, even more Joe Dodds and Mark Stuchowski on episode 209 of my podcast. So we're just going to take over the world, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's splendid. I, it's, I'd lovely to be with you on the podcast today. I hope I wasn't uh, slapdash. <laughs> is that, did I say that right? Uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> okay. Stop feeling stuck and overwhelmed. Join Power to Live More Calm membership today and make an investment in your future. The Power to Live More Calm membership is designed for coaches and consultants struggling with the pressures of running a home-based business. You get access to our supportive community, including weekly Zoom calls, accountability, learning materials teaching you online marketing, audience building, income generation, and all sorts of other things you need to run your home-based business with ease, along with materials like templates, checklists, and planners to keep you motivated, organised, and productive. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm membership programme and apply, visit powertolivemore.com slash get calm. Use your power to live more.